Hello and welcome to Catholics at Home, our Saturday live show. Yes, thank you very much for logging in and joining us this afternoon. Well, uh, usually we have our show in the mornings at 10.30 a.m. But for those of you who don't know, today is the Feast of St. Anthony and we had a live streaming of Mass from St. Anthony's Church in Kuala Lumpur at 10.30 a.m. So we decided to just shift around our timings and uh, just for today, we're here at 3 p.m. So thank you very much for joining, uh, especially if uh, your area, I mean, where I was, it just rained and, you know, it's really a nice time to just curl up for a short nap but (laughs) we have an exciting show for you today yes because we're going to take you behind the walls with the prison ministry we have a couple of lovely uh parishioners who are involved in the prison ministry and we'll be talking more about that but first up just want to say thank you very much for making the time to join us this afternoon and as always we like to engage with you and for a start the start of the show please tell us where you're watching this from and also tell us uh, maybe which parish you're from yep just key in just key in uh, which parish you'd like to know I'd like to say hi to you say hi to your parish maybe your parish priest is listening in or watching this you want to tell them that you are watching the show all right uh just some introductions first my name is kachang kevin and uh my co-host mark darrenly is actually going to be handling all your comments and questions we figured out that during our live shows all of you got a lot of questions a lot of questions and also a lot of uh, comments and we like to get them on the show. So uh, Mark is going to be handling that. Thank you very much, Mark Darren Lee. And as usual, our, our joining us on our Saturday show is Father Clarence Devadas. Good afternoon, Father Clarence. Hi, Kevin. Good afternoon, Kevin. Father Clarence, uh, you are actually just a few steps away from St. Anthony's Church, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. You know, so, sitting um, here on my um, table, I actually I can look through the across the window and I see the church already. Yeah. So mm. I'm in the same compound. So was there more people coming in? Uh, I mean, I mean, um, some, uh, well, today's... really, really different because today, I mean, in any other time, there will be like a sea of people around yeah. here. Uh, you know, parking would be almost impossible. It'd be a nightmare to get in and get out for me. Uh, yeah, so usually the St. Anthony's weekend, I kind of try to plan myself that I, I exit early morning and then come back at night. So that yeah. I look at but today very different. A smaller group of people. Uh, there was live streaming of the mass, uh, the mass, and yeah, I think uh, different for everyone. Yeah, for everyone. yeah, yeah. But so most of us, uh, like myself, I was uh, tuning into the live stream streaming mass because St. Anthony is really a very, a very popular saint, isn't it, Father? You want to just say a few words about St. Anthony before we begin? Well, I, I guess you say very, very important <laughs> because you keep losing things, I guess. You know, you catch it. Yes. yes, I myself am lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the saint that many people turn to, especially when, when they have misplaced something, they have lost something, so everyone turns to, to St. Anthony. Uh, yeah, St. Anthony was, was, was a great preacher. Uh, in fact, I, I was blessed that uh, I was able to, to go to his city in Padua uh, mm. Not so long ago, I had a conference and, and went to the Basilica, you know, uh, and some of his relics are there. Uh, it's a beautiful, small, quaint town, Padua. Uh, can you imagine how it was before? Uh, uh, in, in its own way, that there's a it it kind of gives out a kind of a, a very spiritual feeling going into that town. Yeah. So, uh, you ever get chance to travel, do visit Padua. Uh, but first, I have to ask you, Father, I'm sorry, uh, my geography is bad. It's in Italy, okay. right? Padua. Yeah, so if you're traveling between between Milan and, and Venice, yeah, it's the station mm. in between. 
Uh, yeah, if I remember correctly, yeah. So, so yeah. you're traveling uh, in 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 that direction, somewhere in that direction, yeah. It's okay. it's it's, uh, it's uh, Padua uh, and uh, Verona, yeah. All those in the in the right. north of Rome. That I, I know that much, yeah. All right, fantastic. Uh, that must be really, really uh, awesome for you to be there. Uh, yes, and Anthony, please, uh, you know, help us with this condition so we can travel again and maybe we can go to Padua. All right, uh, Father Clarence, uh, we have an interesting show today. A um, couple of people from the prison ministry. So, you know, this show is just about an hour, but I'm sure we've got lots to talk about. So I'm just going to go straight to it. And let's bring on our guest today, Christopher and Audrey. Hello. 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 Good afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, agreeing to come on the show and tell us more about the prison ministry. Uh, Christopher, maybe you can start just by introducing yourself and uh, which parish you're from, and maybe uh, how did you get started or why did you choose to join the prison ministry? Um, hello. Hi. My name is uh, Christopher Victor. I am from the Church of Divine Mercy, Shalom. Yeah. Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm in the prison ministry for about uh, eight years, about seven to eight years, you can say like that. So um, the reason why I joined the prison ministry is to um, initially uh, when uh, when my um, when a friend of mine who called me in, uh, you know, you have been serving in uh, hospitality ministry, you have been you know a lot of other ministries and all that. Uh, maybe you want to try out something different. No, so then I was thinking, so what is it? Let's visit prison. So when you talk about prison, it's uh, give me a like, like a small, uh, something like, a, you know, uh, I don't know, it's just like a nervous, suddenly I feel nervous. So what is prison and all about? Then uh, then along the way, then I find that I um, I was just like, oh, why don't I try, let's go to and, and look into preaching the gospel with the with our brothers and sisters in the prison so usually we uh, we call them brothers and sisters they are inmates but we call them as brothers and sisters which is very easy for us to communicate with them so my main reason is to uh, spread the news to them and it's a challenge for me as well to do that yeah oh, thanks yeah uh, audrey maybe tell us where you're from and uh, why did you get into the prison ministry Okay, hi everyone. Good afternoon again. I belong to Church of the Holy Family Kajang and uh, I have been in different uh, ministries in the church basically. Um, but there was once uh, the prison ministry was actually doing a promotion in our church and um, it caught my attention for some reason. And yes, I signed up and I've been there for the, uh, for the past five years. Basically, I find a contentment being in the prison ministry um, a contentment with the sisters, as you know, in the gospel, in the uh, gospel of uh, Matthew 25, verse 25, uh, chapter 25, verse 36, yes, I was in prison and you came to see me. So that verse actually uh, caught my attention. And yes, going into the prison uh, on Sundays, we go in on Sundays, the prison in Kajang to the women's side, yeah. So actually sharing the joy, uh, sharing the word of God with the sisters in the Kajang prison was a real contentment, not only for me, but my fellow uh, volunteers, my sister volunteers also. And, you know, as, as usual, you know, as Catholics, 
We are called to love and serve. And what more actually than joining the prison, prison ministry, sharing the gospel to open ears, teaching the words to thirsty minds, praying for the sisters with broken hearts. So that is the joy and the spiritual excitement of this uh, strategically, if I could say, important church ministry. Plus, it's also a shower of blessings for those involved. Yeah. Oh, that's I, lovely. I think both, both of you both of you are in the Archdiocesan Prison Ministry, I believe. Uh, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about the, the structure of the Archdiocesan Prison Ministry. How many people are there? Uh, how many prisons do you, do you go to visit? Uh, either Christopher or... Christopher? Yeah, I can see. Um, yeah. The Archdiocese, okay, for the prison ministry, we have, we have, we have formed in 1985, okay, the Catholic prison ministry. So at the Archdiocese level here, Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur here, so we have about 160 members, 160 members uh, in Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur. We visit about nine prisons. So uh, they are, they consist of Kajang one, Kajang prison, Bentong Jelebu Seremban, uh, Sungai Bulo, uh, Sekolah Integrasi Punca Alam, which is called SIPA, and Marang and Dungun. And also the RPD, which is the Rawatan Pemulihan Dadah Prison as well, So, uh, which is in Kajang. Um, so our, our uh, we have a structure, which is actually the, uh, we have our, because since to to visit as uh, in a, to go into the prison for the documentation and all that we have to adhere to the registrar of society ros so basically we are a, a ngo officially registered ngo where we have our central executive committee which we call it cc so which is the governing uh, body of the uh Justice level KL of prison ministry so we have our president secretary and all that so uh, and then we do our uh, no, uh, weekly prison visits according to our daily roster. So you say Sorry, weekly, is it? You, you, go, you go weekly? Correct, yes, we go weekly. Uh, we go on a weekly basis, which is Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday mainly for the men. For women, it's actually for the Sunday. They will go for Sunday visits. Um, so uh, we will have a, a group. Okay, we, gonna like, uh, we have something like a group, like uh, group A, B, C, D, like that. So each group consists of about member of five members, three three men, two ladies, uh, sometimes four, two and two. So we will always go more than uh, two two members in a uh, in a prison. So basically, uh, we will uh, the close ones prison, which is close one, like uh, like if let's say I'm I'm staying in uh, uh, Klang Valley area, Shalam area, and all that. So we are actually uh, closer to Sungai Bulo prison. So there are some some we will go to Bentong prison. Bentong prison, you need to drive one hour, one hour plus to the there. There are also like uh, Dungun and Marang prison, which is in uh, you know uh, which is in Terengganu. So that one we will need to take a flight and or drive or something like that. So that that will be different different level. Yeah. What do, so what do you do? I mean, Audrey, like what do you do in this at these visits generally? Okay, we basically have a schedule as uh, what Christopher said. So there's always three of us going in at one go. So there will be three volunteers to, I'm talking about Kajang prison now, and this is only to the ladies' side, yeah? So two ladies, two volunteers, we go in actually to the remand and sentence group. So our first session actually begins at 10 to 11. There's approximately about 30, 35 sisters there. 
and uh, it sometimes it varies. The number varies, and then we stay back because there will be another session at eleven to twelve. This would be the sentence group. So then again, would be about twenty-five to thirty sisters. And uh, what we do is okay. Uh, the third one, you see, there's always three. The third one goes in alone. She goes in at about eleven to twelve also. But this sister will go in the volunteer sister. She goes into the dead row, and usually there's about three to four uh, ladies in, in uh, that site now. You know, so basically what we do actually when when we are in the prison is. Of course, you know when we greet them, they'll be so excited seeing us because they look forward for every Sunday. Actually, they will be asking the wardens the time, and and the wardens will tell tak sabar tunggu tanya masa. The wardens will tell us, you know. So when we go there, we know they are full of uh, joy when they see us. Then we walk in, we already seated in one place uh, assigned to us, and. Uh, we chat with them a bit, but you see, we've only got one hour, and there's so many of them, and it's only two of us. So we have to always tell them, okay, we'll talk a bit later if there's time. Let's begin with the opening prayer. And usually, we always encourage the sisters to have the opening prayer, and and they say beautiful prayers. And then we take about two hymns for the beginning. There are hymn books in the prison. Uh, it's kept by the wardens, and then we read the day's gospel. So we read it two times because some of them, they do have their Bibles, but you see each Bible varies sometimes. So that's why we read two times. We get, a, uh, we get them to volunteer themselves and, and they read the Bible. And what we do is we have a little sharing after the reading. So we discuss which part touched them, if there's any words in that gospel or a sentence that touched them. And we also actually give our points on, on, or we share what we know on the Bible. And we also have this uh, father, yeah? It is by the Archdiocese of Kuala Lumpur. It is called the FORMED, F-O-R-M-E-D. Okay, Archdiocese of KL came up to this. Basically, it's an e-textbook. So we also actually uh, prepare ourselves before going in by looking at this e-textbook. And, so uh, when, when you bring people together, uh, I mean, are they just Catholics or I mean, a mixture of, of different people? I mean, I'm sure Christians come to. Yes, yes, there is a whole group of them. And maybe, like I said, maybe the sentence say that 25 to 30 of them, uh, out of them, there could only be about five or six Catholics. And the rest are different denominations. They are Christians. And there would be actually Hindus and Buddhists also. And uh, and they fully participate. The Hindus and the Buddhists also they they fully participate, and basically they also give sharing actually and testimonies. And usually there's very beautiful sharings and testimonies that they give. And you know you can imagine behind the walls how Christ actually in mysterious ways actually uh, speak to them. Like, uh, can I give an example? Is there time for an example? A quick one. <laughs> okay, there was this sister who had a lump on her neck, and uh, and when we, I went in that week with another sister, she was very worried. She did go to Kajang Hospital. They did take her, and they were actually going to do further tests on her. And um, that night she slept. She really prayed. She prayed and she prayed, and actually she dreamt of Jesus. And when she opened her eyes, she, she literally saw Jesus standing at her window, 
and she decided, okay, it was just a dream, go back to sleep. When the next morning she woke up, that lump just disappeared. Just, just like that, you know. So this is how, even behind the walls, how Christ works with the sisters. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And it's nice to know that they are looking forward to your visits every every week, you know, because uh, you know, sometimes I, I don't know how, how they are accepting or how they are viewing God since they are in that position and in that place. So it's really nice to know. Uh, we already started taking some questions. So before we go on, just like to say hello to all those who are joining us on our live show. Uh, you know, we have even uh, people from Singapore. Agnes, hello to you. Evelyn from Sarawak Church by the River. And Martin, Neville and Dan Tisera. Thanks for, for joining in. A lot more here. I, I'm still wondering if anybody from the prison ministry is also watching this. You know, just let us know, and you know, uh, let us know, and you, we can have some comments from you as well if you're watching this, not just from Audrey and uh, Christopher. But uh, yeah, Father. So the questions are coming in, and um, we're, we're looking forward to to understanding more about the prison ministry. So, what else would you like to talk about? Maybe, maybe I just I'd like to just add. Maybe I mean, you said there are 24 priests, and uh, and I'm I'm one of them. But <laughs> uh, I. I I go to celebrate mass at, at Easter Easter time. I mean, thereabouts, and, and also yes. just before Christmas. Uh, I think it's quite an experience uh, to be able to, not so much for, for the for the sake of being curious to know what's happening inside, but the ability to 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 bring Christ uh, brings its own joy. And it brings its own sense of fulfillment also to people who are not able to come to Christ. You know. Uh, and I think that's you know. So sometimes when I when I'm there, I, I I reach out to the Catholics, those who like to make confessions. But you know, you you get everybody coming wanting to speak to you and and to share a problem, uh, share a difficulty, and asking you to to pray for them, for this intention, for that intention. And and, and it's 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 in some ways I think it's it's so it's so real, uh, especially when we think of people who are not able to come out, and then we are able to go in, uh, and to bring to bring Christ and and. To celebrate mass, uh, it's a different feeling uh, for me uh, from celebrating mass in the church. You know, it's very different. You know, uh, and it's it's a it's a different feeling. Yeah. But uh, I'm just thinking, like, so in in terms of you know the, the ministry, I, I guess you are also in touch with the other dioceses uh, that are doing prison ministry because prisons are spread throughout uh, West Malaysia. Yes, uh, for the. We um, okay. We have also Penang Archdiocese as well, and also the Johor Melaka Archdiocese. They have their own prison ministry, and they are also going to visit their prison. So they have their own schedule. Uh, the Penang has their own schedule. You know, the Johor, Mal Johor Melaka will have their own schedule for for visiting prison. So we do connect each other in some ways, which, which we can help out. Yeah. So uh, we are. Uh, uh, the what is that um, we, are, we, are, we are more into like engaging on also the development and training because our volunteers, our volunteers, service, we, uh, the prison ministry volunteers that we have, so we, uh, uh, we need to give them training because you see, visiting prison, um, it is that for some people, it is very emotional. Some people, it is very, uh, it's a very different experience for them. So, uh, just to give an example for me, at a, for the, the the first time I visited prison, um, I was so-called thrown into the death row sentence. 
So uh, that was the first time. First time. So usually the dead row sentence, uh, uh, people when you want to go visit them, it's a bit more. Uh, it's a different level. So the first time I was, I was there. So I was, I was, scared. I was, I was really very scared on that. But uh, my um, our into our during our trainings. We will, uh, we will be given, we will be given uh, training where what we say, we always pray, we always have heart the Holy Spirit to guide us. I cannot do this alone, myself, or none of us, or myself, none of us can do it alone. All is by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray and then we let some, because some of the, uh, uh, our brothers and sisters there, they cannot talk English. They cannot talk even Bahasa. All that. So it's going to be very difficult for us to uh, converse in a in a in a different manner. So um, sometimes even my Tamil is not so great as well. So where I can't actually read the words of Tamil. Uh, to to my surprise, to my surprise, there was one incident where uh, I I I asked the Holy Spirit to guide me, give me the wisdom for me to able to speak in Tamil uh, fluently so that this person can understand. God willing, it, it happened. It, the, the person actually listened to me and he understood and he actually, you know, conversed to me well. So, yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, go ahead, Father. Sorry. Yeah. So, we speak in prison ministry as general. I think, Jensaw, you mentioned the number of, uh, I forget the exact number of, of, of prisons that you visit. Uh, yeah, so some are for, I mean, some, are, some sections are, are for men. Uh, Audrey said you go to women. I, I think you also mentioned uh, for to 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 minors also to to juvenile. Yes, we have uh, this juvenile prison, which is uh, oh, the uh, in, in approach. Maybe Chris, you can talk about the juvenile, and maybe Audrey speak about the women. I mean, women uh, is quite unique, different. I guess uh, we have children also. I'm I'm told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to you, you want to go first, or Audrey, with women, and how do you? Okay. Yeah. For, for women, actually, there are two women prisons only, one in Kajang and Bentong. So in uh, Kajang, we have 45 volunteers, and in Bentong, there are 11 volunteers so far. And uh, there's also uh, the inmates who have children, uh, children with them. So they are on a different, on a separate side, you know, uh, on a different side because uh, they will have their child with them until three years old. And after three years old, their child will be separated from them. And uh, we also have volunteers coming in and we seek actually generosity for, for items, so, uh, so for, or for cash. So we could buy like for pampers for the children, milk, because uh, this we, we buy and we send it to them actually. And uh, so for the women, we have these two, as I mentioned. And we also have the Kajang Wanita, or uh, they call it the RPD, actually, prison, uh, RPD prison. It is the Rawatan Mulehan Dada. That's in Kajang. So that's also for the women. So the rest are all men and uh, will be on Christopher's side. Nah? Okay. With, young, yeah. with young people, what is your approach different, uh, Chris? Okay, for the young people, which is the juvenile, um, they are... Uh, I would say okay the it's very uh, difficult actually to actually engage with them the young people because the young people they are the, the teenagers they have done some uh, some mistakes in the past and all that and all that so basically um uh, they are they are the understanding of the of the society is very different 
the understanding most of them are from the uh, low income group people so basically they were um, education level that what we can say is that um, some are quite educated but mostly they are dropouts their school dropouts and all that so and they got into the wrong company and they come in and all that um when we talk to them actually we um they they, they will they will come and tell us like oh, i don't know this is the right way i don't know i i i, I they are their their knowledge their knowledge of the uh of of of, of the religious uh level it's 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 very it's very limited there was um there was instance actually um just to share with you something uh, on uh, on on a juvenile actually because uh, we we were we, we give a program to them we give them a white paper we give them a white paper and then we ask them write what you want to write write what you want to write draw draw something that you want so there's one particular person who just gave a white paper just gave it back to us so he gave back to us and said then we asked why is it he said his life is meaningless his nothing's there is empty so we need to fill in his life with our the word of god you know these people so and then there's another other instances also some of, uh, uh, there's there's a lot of sensitive cases which i cannot discuss on that um, but in a way uh you know in a way of gospel is like we need to teach them like from the catechism uh from the sometimes you need to go to the, the you know standard one senate two senate three those type of catechism level of uh, of uh, of who is jesus why is he here uh why god created human and what is sin what is mortal sin what is venial sin uh what is a uh, repercussion is there because mainly what they they want um not only for the juvenile and also for the adults as well they want to know whether is there a second chance for them is there a reconciliation is will will god ever will forgive them for their sins or not? sometimes we always will see that uh, uh before i was in the prison this year when we will always say oh bad people go to prison yes you're right bad people do go to prison but when i went to the prison it was it was a different different scenario actually it was totally different scenario i see uh, some men cry the juveniles the 13 years old 14 years old they cry and they ask for forgiveness and all that so basically it is a it's a it's a totally different level so we have to handle them with care like they're glass they're like fragile you have to handle them with care and put put a lot of good inputs into them so that's why we have this program which is uh, what uh, audrey mentioned we have this uh, formed uh, where we use this every week the, the gospel reading different different gospel uh uh the sharing the activities with them and all that yeah wow yes i, I guess it's not just uh, how you communicate the gospel so a lot of uh, training has to go into how to handle them emotionally and and all all that uh i mean i don't know like you say when he handed you the white paper i, I would really wouldn't know what to say and that's why uh, you guys have to go through uh, some sort of training and stuff I, i guess there's more questions uh, coming in from our viewers uh, today uh, thank you for watching uh, neville has uh, wants to know do you need counseling skills to be involved um or do you want to start okay uh before we actually okay when we first joined the prison ministry there were induction courses and uh i'll be very honest we are not counselors okay 
we do not have paperwork to say that we are counsellors. But you see, when you're in a situation and you are with someone and they ask your opinion, so sometimes, you know what, we just help them to the best that we can and we tell them that we'll pray for them. And we do pray sometimes, you know, those with the, um, they have a serious problem maybe or they could have fought with someone and they are really down and whatsoever. They come aside, they, they, they pull us aside, the volunteers, and they say, please, sister, pray for us. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. So that's all we could do, actually. Uh, the counselling is more like uh, praying over and just a little advice to what we can. You know, uh, you see, like when we go into the prison, we are no more teachers. We're not teachers going into there. We actually change our role. We go in as a mother. I am a mother. We go in as a mother, as a father, as a brother, as a sister, as a grand, you know, as a as a brother or a sister. So this is what how we, how I basically uh, deal with my family or my children. This is how I go in if it's younger, like how if I'm going to advise my boys, I, I advise the sisters, you know, who are younger to me. So. As, as I mentioned, we go in not as a teacher or as a counsellor. But yes, we help them, but we don't have the counselling uh, paperwork. But the Holy Spirit is almighty. Our Jesus is all powerful. And we are really led by the Spirit. Once we enter the gates, actually, there's a few gates before we enter. These big, huge gates, you know, with big, huge locks. And then when you cross over one gate, boom, the door, the, the grail closes and you go into another one. So these things actually, once we enter these gates, it's just that the Holy Spirit flows in us and guides us and teaches us what to say, teaches us what to advise, uh, what to be mentioned or not to be mentioned. We are, we are guided so far and I think uh, Christopher can also vouch on that and we praise God for that. Yeah, I think I think one of the things I just want to share a bit. I think one of the things that that when we go in and I mean, when I go for mass is that you know, I think Audrey said it rightly. You know, not with a mindset to counsel people, but I think the church goes there to accompany people. You know, especially in the moment when they're really down. And like Christopher said, I've also been asked the question: Will God forgive me? Uh, it's a constant question that I I keep hearing. I don't know whether you hear it, but you know, when I when I'm there, you know, will God forgive me? Uh, so how do we communicate that? And I think, how do we communicate God is love? Uh, and I think those are the skills we really need. Uh, uh, not so much a certificate in counselling, but how do we communicate that God still loves them uh, in that difficult situation, uh, that God does not give up on them? And I think that's the ability. For me, that's very important. Uh, the ability to communicate that. So, you know, maybe in the singing, in the praying. Uh, as I said, uh, our our movements are limited. I mean, naturally, you are in a situation where you can't do everything that you would like to do as in a parish. But yet, uh, in the midst of all this, to to communicate God's love, uh, that God, you know, that God does not give up on them, you know. But and I think this then connected to my my next question in the sense that maybe Christopher can take this, you know, about you know when people leave the prison, very often I, I've encountered they come to the church. Uh, asking for assistance you know uh, is there something that 
the, the ministry as such has got a, a plan, a program, people who are released and then they know you. I mean, they know you come from a church. They come to your church and ask for assistance to give them a second chance. Is there, is there some kind of a program that we have in, in the ministry? Um, yes, yes, mother. Um, okay, for the for 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 the for the uh, for the brothers and sisters who actually um, leave come out from the prison, usually the first thing they will go to the church. So what we will uh, tell them is that if you have any anything, just go to the church. Usually, what happens is that the their family members will not accept them. Most cases, some some yes, but in most cases no. The family members will not, will, will disown them, kind of like that. So basically, uh, they will go to church. So uh, the church will. Uh, contact the prison ministry so we will find an appropriate way because we have this uh, uh second chance home which is from a different uh christian group that we have there so we will um, give them uh the, a place to stay in the second chance home there so it depends also on them what the uh what the image uh i mean the ex con uh ex inmates what they want actually um maybe Mostly, what they want is that they want to have a job, so then so that they can they can uh, they can start back their life. So in the home, the second chance home, then then they will be given some skills. Uh, uh, if they have some some like wiring skills or anything skills, anything like that, so they can start you know uh, doing that. We also have this uh, yellow ribbon project. Uh, I'm sure you have heard about this, right? Uh, this, this this yellow ribbon project where we give uh, 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 we we get jobs for the ex-prisoners who comes uh who come out from the prison so whichever the companies they can hire them you know because it's, it's, it's a stigma in the society that where uh, uh they don't want to hire any 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 so basically what will if this happen what will happen is that these people will be jobless once when they're jobless they'll start going back to their old uh friends who are in the in in in, in whichever way and then they will start going back to the prison there there's uh, so many instances there are your brothers and sisters they go in and out in prison many times 12 13 14 times it's, it had happened it's because of the rejection from the society and all that so what we want from the society uh what we do is a second chance we give them a hope give them a job to do so in prison ministry we help these people to uh, uh go inside in this kind of uh, uh different different industry different sector to give them jobs and home stay and all that I'll oh, just add to, yeah. Sorry, I'll just add to Christopher's. Uh, the prison ministry also actually they provide the they provide information about jobs and also training for those who have come out from the prison. So there's something for them to look forward to, you know. So basically, okay. everyone deserves a second chance. Oh, that's great. And we have a, a comment, I think, from Magdalene. I believe everyone deserves a second chance. There's always a light at the end of the tunnel. The Word of God does that. Yeah. So it's good to know that that uh, we help to provide this sort of hope to all of them. And uh, That's just to add on also about this. Um, we Prison ministry, we don't actually only help the prisoners or the brothers and sisters in the prisoners. We also help the family members family members because you see family members are very affected are very much affected in uh whether the husband or the, or the, or the wife or whichever that they are they are in the prison they're left at home they have children so they have no source of income they are in need of uh uh then in, in need of constant from 
traumatization by the family members, relatives, and all that as well. So we do present ministry through the PIHDM, Paris Institute of Human Development Ministry of the Churches. We help those uh, those people. We or what we do is that we journey them. Uh, we journey with them to uh, find out what we can do. Now. So we have many instances of cases that we have. They have their they have children which that they have no food they have no no some no place to live and uh they uh, especially the addiction they stop going to school the children once when their father go into the prison or something like that the mother has to work nobody should take care of the children so pihdm uh, pihdm of the churches can help this is where we need uh people uh, uh people who are not uh the prison ministry members who wish to help this is where they can help into uh, getting themselves into the PICM or lending a support in uh, any way, in financial. In uh, we we also have some people uh, in, uh, in, uh, in 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 a church where they cook uh, every day. They cook a meal for this particular family. Is that it? You can do the most simplest way. It can be done that as well. Yeah. Just just yeah. listening, just listening to this, you you begin to realize that. Prison ministry is not just visiting behind the walls, but there's this whole network of things. Uh, yeah, their families outside too. Yes, need, people need to know that you support in so many different ways, uh, not just going there to teach them uh, the Bible or to pray with them, but you know there are also people outside the walls that that need the support. And it's wonderful to hear that the prison ministry, uh, that your ministry, is is doing things like this. Um, if, yeah, I mean, maybe a question from Angela. Well, if this question is posed to you, you know, what is your greatest challenge? Maybe if you're asked to name one greatest challenge uh, in this ministry for yourself, uh, what what would that be, Christopher? Audrey, Audrey can start first. Audrey, yeah. Okay, challenges faced in the prison ministry. Uh, we we do encounter some challenges, yes. And uh, for me, basically, for me personally, yeah, uh, my challenge was when. Uh, it, it took time. You see, uh, joining the prison ministry, you go as I mentioned. We going into we going in three persons. We going with threes, but two will be together at all times uh, for the women's side, and uh, we do the sentence and we do the remand. So we are together. We have support of each other. Uh, but uh, for me, my challenge was when it was time for me to go into the uh, death row, or they call it the bahagian ahe. Uh, that was a big challenge for me, and and. The night before, I could not sleep. Yes, and all kind of things, you know, goes into your head and and whatsoever. But uh, it was a different atmosphere. I prayed a lot, and while walking in, it's a different place altogether. Now it's in a prison, but you see, the prison is a huge place, you know. So it's this side, and it's another end. So when you know, when I reach the place, I just ask the Holy Spirit to actually just uh, to flow in me and to just lead me and to guide me. And walking up the steps, going to the to the place, uh, it was a challenge, yes. But uh, I managed to overcome it, as I mentioned, with prayers and uh, we pray a lot. One thing you see, we, when we go into the prison before going, I think all of us, I can say, not only for the lady side, even for the men side, uh, we are always constantly praying before we go in, asking our Lord Jesus to cover us with His precious blood, you know, and whatever we say would be out of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit guides us and and whatever challenge we have, honestly, uh, to the mercy of God and with people 
support from our fellow brothers and sisters, we managed to overcome these challenges actually. Chris, what would be your, your greatest challenge? That's for me, there's so many challenges. Because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm also the, because we are, um, I mean, prison ministry, we, we have a few different challenges actually in our prison ministry. We have the challenges uh, from the volunteers and from the outside, outsiders from the world, um, from, uh, from the authorities of the prison, from um from the from the financial side from even the bible side uh, and and the most important for me for me personally it's uh not to be judged that is the most fundamental thing because we put a wall in front of us saying that we are we are we are holy the the, the only difference between the the prisoners inside there and we here outside is that our uh, our 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 uh, whatever that we do, I mean, good or good or bad things, we didn't get uh, we didn't get caught. They they got caught and then they went inside. So it gives me a reality, a realization. When I go into the prison, prison, it gives me the thing that when you look at the prison bars, when you go close, uh, uh, when you when you hold that prison bars, you feel the sense of like, I'm not going to come here. I'm not going to make myself to fall into any sort of uh, any sort of uh, any sort of bad uh, company or bad things to actually go inside and i want to educate them to everybody else so the biggest challenge for me is to how am i going to do this to to everybody outside there especially our our sunday school kids we do that programs with them as well because we do we bring in our speakers uh, from agency antinada kebangsaan aadk and also from other organization to tell our our young 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 kids that tell them you know what this the life in the prison is there so you 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 are you are here so you know don't get into the social uh, problem don't get into this 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 web of uh, uh, negativeness where the devil can actually trap you always stay close to the uh, to the to god stay close to church stay, stay close to your parents and uh, yeah. this is the great challenge that that I face to do this. Hmm. That's great. Thanks for that, uh, Chris. You know, um, let's talk about how people outside the ministry can help. I know you touched upon this a, a little bit just now, uh, but maybe you can ex expand more on, on how people outside of the ministry can can help. Okay. Yeah, maybe give, give us just some concrete things that pe people who are listening to us now, how they can support you uh, might be a good thing. Uh, you know, not everybody can have the time to do what you are doing, but if they are not in the ministry, how can they support you? Okay. Actually, um, there are many ways. <laughs> Chris. Sorry, sorry, I'll continue. Who shall we go? Who shall we go first? Yeah. Maybe, 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 yeah, just Audrey to start okay. off. Uh, there are many one... ways, actually. Those... Yeah. Uh, there are many ways actually everyone can help those listening in also it can be a very very simple easy and humble way by just praying that's all just to light a candle maybe at your altar to pray for the inmates to pray for their well-being to pray for their spiritual growth their journey their journey in 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 their lonely place it is a very lonely place uh praying for peace in their hearts their minds and there's also a prayer card, actually, our churches have all uh, given out. I'll just show this. There's a prayer card given. Okay, if you all can see this. 
And uh, this was by the prison ministry. And there's a prayer at the back for the prisoners. Okay. If they are so not able to get are, it, can they get it online? Is it available online? We can put it on, on online, sure. yes. Through yeah. our prison ministry, we can do that. And sure. to just, very simple, to just pray. To pray for the prisoners, that's all. Chris, you would like to add, in a concrete way, if people want to support, what can they do? Uh, is there somewhere they can write to you? Yes, they can actually email to us. We have our email, which is the prison ministry kl at arcskl.org, where you can write to us because what we can do, what we will, what we need is like we need what information, knowledge on if you have any jobs, job opportunity for the prison prisoners who come who who come out. So how we can put at the put them in the in the right places in the right right place if you are in a in a in a in a manpower industry to say that and then we can also uh, for financial contribution as well you can uh, uh, through the through the financial contribution we can actually help out in, uh, in buying the bibles and uh, a lot of uh, especially also for the women prison where we buy milk for the babies uh, sanitary pads and all the uh, all those things so this is what the uh, the people can do besides the prayers and uh, and, and reaching out to family to our field through PIHDM. yeah so this is something concrete again and also we need also the uh just to uh just to inform you as well we need religious sisters as well which is nuns who uh because we have um uh, to be to be inside the prison ministry to help for the woman prison yeah Oh yeah. So for those of you watching, you know, if if you feel like you want to contribute and support the prison ministry, just like what Christopher and Audrey said, of course, uh, uh, prayer, pray for them. Uh, financial help is also, of course, needed. Uh, you heard what are some of the things that uh, they need from Christopher, or even you can just uh, contact them, you know, email them. And if you know any opportunities, I think that's very important. You know what Christopher said, opportunities because you know. Uh, when if and when they come out and you know they need to be integrated into society you know we want to give them that second chance something that that we talked a bit about but i'm sure we can talk about second chance for for much longer but you know we're coming up to the end of the show actually and i, I suppose i just you know actually i i had uh joined sort of joined the prison ministry a few years ago uh but someone told me to just go for the like induction first and one of the things that I realize is that uh, from talking to a lot of the members in the prison ministry is that it's quite difficult not to take it back home. Am I right? I mean, like, you're in, you know, you, you serve them and meet them and you go back home, you keep thinking about, you know, about them and what you said and how you can help and stuff. And uh, one thing I know is that it's very difficult for people in a prison ministry to do that. And that's one of the things that I, I knew that I couldn't because if I go, I'll get very involved with the, with the people that I'm, I'm serving in. So uh, that's why I didn't go forward. So I guess um, just to round up, you know, maybe Audrey and Chris, you can talk about this, how, how, you, how you manage that and also what motivates you to keep doing this, um, you know, for how long you've been doing this already. And, and then we'll wrap up the show. Audrey, you can start first. Okay, as I mentioned, I'm five years in the prison prison ministry. And yes, I do have my family, my husband and my two sons. And uh, uh, what I do is I try not to bring it back home, which I can. Of course, it will it, it will still be in your mind that 
you know, this sister had this problem. The only thing I can do is light a candle at my altar and say a prayer for her. And uh, it is going into the prison. Uh, that's why it's very important when you go into the prison, actually, because seeing the situation there can be very, uh, can be very depressing, honestly. But uh, we go in, actually, uh, not with sympathy, but with empathy. So that's what uh, uplifts our spirit. Um, How about you, Chris? For me, okay, we have this thing called that um, once when we go into the prison, when we come out, we have to detach ourselves. This this, this, that, this detachment process you have to do where we don't bring it back uh, and think about it all the time. So what do I do is that we'll put it under the blessed sacrament, put it under the, uh, under the feet of Jesus and let whatever that we have, whatever the, the cries and the miseries that the prisoners, uh, our brothers and sisters in the prison have, uh, have, have given to me, put it back, uh, put it to them, uh, put it to God and let God handle this. And how the how God inspire us to help out to them. Yeah. And what actually motivates me most is that the, um, the joy of bringing the gospel to them. The joy of looking at their faces when they they are asking uh, asking me, brother, uh, sister, uh, is there salvation to me? Is will, will God ever forgive me? What do I have to do? What do I do to do this? So I feel that um, the motivation is for me is that every day. I feel every week when uh, whenever we go to prison, we have a sense of God being with us. The Holy Spirit is with us to be there. So that is the main thing that actually bringing me forward and i believe for a lot of volunteers here to you know go to uh, go to visit prison every week every week every week yeah oh that's great thank you uh for the clarence you'd like to add anything before yeah, we conclude to conclude i think uh you know those who are listening in now uh, live and those who will be listening later let's not forget uh the email again is prison ministry at archkl.org i believe that's correct chris yeah, yes, if correct. you want to play a supporting role, I think it's very important uh, what they do. Uh, we support many ministries in the church uh, that we can see, but this is a ministry that we don't see, but an important ministry uh, in the in the life of the church. Uh, so you can email them and to offer them some kind of support or write to them and ask them what kind of support you would like, and I'm sure they will reply to you and tell uh, what they like to they would like to ask you. I just want to conclude with a, with a very brief story and experience. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, as you know, that you know, uh, I'm also the editor of the Catholic Asian News. Anyway, this is not a paid advertisement for the Catholic Asian News. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, somebody had left the magazine. I think uh, somewhere and in, in one of the prisons. Uh, I, I know that people they ask for a lot of reading materials, and one prisoner actually writes to me and says. Thank you for sharing the word. And, and that memory has, has been with me for a long time. Uh, and I think uh, we, we never know what, what we do uh, here, but somehow people are touched, uh, even you know when we have no access to them. Uh, that's a story that I, I always tell uh, when I meet people from the prison ministry. Uh, so I think God, God works wonderfully. Uh, so we'd like to thank uh, people in the prison ministry, uh, to, to Chris, to, to Audrey, uh, and to all the other volunteers uh, who, who dedicate themselves to, to serve uh, in this important ministry of uh, bringing Christ, especially to those who are unable to come to Christ 
because of the situation that they are in. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you go for that free plug there, Father, just this time, just this once. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, Father, maybe you should, uh, we can, you can say okay. a closing prayer. Yeah, so let, me, let me just say a closing prayer and, and we ask the Lord to bless us this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. God, our loving Father, we thank you for your graces. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for, for everything that you provide for us. Today, we're going to pray especially for, for all our friends, brothers and sisters in the prison ministry those who minister and those who are being ministered to and their families too. We pray, Lord, that you will use the church as an instrument to bring your love, your compassion, your mercy, and most of all, your forgiveness. We offer all those in the ministry, we pray that they will truly be that faithful instrument that you use them to bring Jesus, your Son, into the world. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, thank Father, you. for that. And thank you. you. Of course, thank you to our guests today, Christopher Victor and Audrey Freeman, for sharing with us. I think, you know, um, I don't know about you, but um, I, I've been watching and a lot of insights here from the prison ministry that I didn't know. And, you know, it looks like a very big task for the prison ministry. And it's good to know that we also can play our part and uh, support you. And hopefully we can support you in whatever way we can. So thank you for all the work that you're doing, uh, Christopher and Audrey. All right, just before we wrap up the show, a couple of announcements from Catholic at Home's podcast, uh, which is uh, Father Say, Father Clarence, coming up uh, next weekend. And we'd like to do something, uh, hopefully something special for all the daddies. <laughs> Of all yeah, the yeah, this, this, this is a special. This is the special Father's Day. I always say this, this. This Father's Day is is the one that takes nine months to become a father. This one takes nine <laughs> years. So we have another day to celebrate. <laughs> so next week, don't forget uh, to tune in. Uh, we have a special for Father's Day. Uh, do join us. We want to appreciate uh, our daddies uh, for the gift that God has given uh, to each one of us. Yes, and if you'd like to find out uh, roughly what's happening or who will be on the show next weekend, you know, keeping it a little bit under wraps here, all you have to do is, you know, just follow us. Follow us on our Facebook page, uh, our YouTube uh, channel, you know, and uh, we will be releasing out some, uh, like, promotional details on who will be joining us for this Father's Day. And, uh, you know, we had a we had a blast on Mother's Day, right, Father Clarence? Yeah, we that's right. Yep. With our special host and all that. So I wonder who's going to be hosting this show next weekend on Saturday. Do stay tuned to find out. But uh, we'd like to uh, thank all of you for watching. You know, um, like I said, Audrey and Chris has shared some great stuff. So even if um, you know people who'd like this, you know, who didn't watch it live, you know, just share it out. Share it out to them. It'll be on our Facebook page and YouTube, which, you know, you can just post it, share it, and let them know. What a one, what wonderful work uh, the prison ministry are, are doing and you know, how they can support. So share this program out, you know. Uh, but for today, we are done. Uh, thank you so much to Audrey Christopher and Father Clarence. And we'll see you in our next live show next Saturday. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.